Welcome to Toffee Blues, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry. Today I'm joined by Terry and Jordan. Terry, it's good to talk to you, man. Good to talk to you too. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a little bit. And Jordan, it's been even longer. Yeah, about three months, I think. I think the last time I spoke was the transfer window. So. Oh my gosh! All right. Well, then you have then you got a lot to say. You guys have some ground to make up. Just saying. So Jordan, it's been uh, it's been about three months. What have you been doing in the in the meantime? What have you been up to? Well, the biggest thing I've done is moved house. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, that was a bit of stress. Um, hence the white wall behind. <laughs> Just in the room ah. at the minute. Was this uh, really recent? Yeah. Well, about four weeks ago, fully moved uh-huh. in. But this is just a spare room at the minute. But. Um, been doing a little bit of writing just on my film blog, basically on Instagram. But um, it's been a bit hectic, so I'm, I'm just getting used to living on my own, basically. And uh, obviously, still going the match. <laughs> yeah. So four weeks in a new place. Uh, I was going to ask you about the film blog, uh, as far as like writing about writing about film and movies and everything. Anything you've seen recently where you're like, okay, I have to mention this? Yes. I think it might be a bit obvious, but I seen Joker a few weeks ago, and it was just one of the best films I've seen in years, to be honest. I but, haven't seen it. Oh, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. It's it's a work of art. Like. But uh, probably the best film I've seen since The Dark Knight, which had the same character in. So what? Which is a bit weird. <laughs> but, yeah, so yeah. so that's what I was going to ask because I mean I'm hearing a lot of uh, a lot of people loving it. And I always get really nervous when everybody's loving something, uh, yeah. and I get really contrarian. And I'm like, "Well, I'm gonna wait. I'm not yeah. gonna, I'm not gonna do what everybody else." Does. And, and there's no reason for it. There's no rationale. But is is it really that good? Are we talking like winning all the awards? Well, good? I see a lot of ten out of ten reviews, so I just thought try and lower your expectations. And it, to me, it was amazing. So, and uh, he is an amazing actor. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is Oscar worthy, definitely. So, so Terry, have you seen it yet? Yeah, I've seen it. Um, that's that's a good point about um, Oscar worthy because it, it's it's obviously no spoilers, um, no spoilers here. But it's more akin to those sort of Oscar biopic films that come out around January than mm-hmm. it is a comic book film. You know the way like you'll see, oh, you know, an actor play. The real life, you know, life story of someone famous, uh, and it's they, they all come out around the same time. So they're like, they call, you know, Oscar bait. It's like that. Only the person, you know, who's who's being played isn't real. You, you know, right. the joke. So yeah. it's it's not one. It's it's not like any other comic film. It's more of like a biopic of a comic character, uh, and the act and performance in it is is really good. It's a really intense film. Like you're sitting all the way through it going this is pretty heavy like you know and i don't mean in the sense of like you know big set pieces and all that it's just so like full-on you know you, you believe you, it's he's, he's just a brilliant actor you believe everything that you see on the screen you forget that you know it's you know it's a criminal clown basically <laughs> um so i I'm, I'm i'm with jordan it's it's a, it's a really good film but not your um 
not your conventional comic film, which is you know more actiony. It's it's definitely more of an a of a an award season type film. Yeah. So, uh, am I? Are we thinking that? Uh, just really quickly, just because I feel like it's done been done to death on social media. But um, recent comments from Scorsese and from uh, was it, uh, was it Francis Ford Coppola who kind of backed him up? I was trying to remember who it was talking about how the Marvel movies aren't cinema, blah blah blah. Um, not really. Uh, uh, like I know what they mean because when I think about my favorite films, I have my favorite films as like a film critic, like a viewer, and then I've got like my guilty pleasure favorite films. You know what I mean? Like my personal. So I've got like. Goonies, I go way back with Goonies. I love Goonies, but is it the masterpiece of cinema that is like eight and a half? No, it is not. They are different. I see what he means, but I just don't. I don't feel the need to separate them. You know what I mean? It's just sort of. Eh. It's just not a really a conversation where I get upset about. I'm just like, okay, he scores says he. That's cool. What else? <laughs> I, I think everyone's just got their own their own film tastes, haven't they? I mean, mm-hmm. if you like something, it doesn't really matter. I can see where he's coming from because in 20 years' time, I'll probably be watching Goodfellas and I probably won't watch Black Panther again or, you know, um, Captain Marvel again. But it's some people will and some people won't watch Goodfellas in 20 years. It's all about personal taste, isn't it? But, um, yeah, they are more cinematic masterpieces, Goodfellas, Taxi Driver, etc., compared to Marvel, in my opinion, but someone else might see that different. Yeah. yeah. Ter- Terry hates the Marvel movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he hates them with a passion. That's why he has all the posters behind the him. Thing, I don't know what he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I got a big uh, back and forth with uh, uh, Peter James Needham on Twitter. Yeah long-time listener of the show um and we sort of came to an agreement like i was i was saying you know that you know it's more old man yells a cloud and and he was going no 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 no. he doesn't mean that it's you know he means it's not you know cinema and there's a difference between cinema cinema and movies which which i suppose is right i mean let's be honest um eminem has sold more um, music than beethoven so not everything has to be high cinema if you're going to make the avengers you're not going to make the, you know, the all-conquering, you know, movie, you know, high cinema, artistic, art house version of it. You're going to make a popcorn film, and that's fine. I don't really see why Scorsese and and whoever else is it come out and needs to bash it. I, I, I mean, I think Jennifer Aniston um, had a little swipe at it as well, going, it's all, it's all Marvel movies, going, yeah, but all your movies are crap, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, the strange thing is, sorry, the strange thing is that Joker is so like Taxi Driver. (laughs) I mean, there's take so many elements from that film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's a strange time for him to say it, but I think he was more talking about you know the Marvel popcorn flicks, if you like. So, but that yeah, the Joker is totally on a new level, in my opinion. It's a totally different type of film, like Teddy said. It just, it just. It's very similar to the music thing. Like, you know, it doesn't matter how critically, you know, valid something is. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Like, people, you know, pop music, some of the simplest, you know, air quotes, worst 
music in the world, but it's the most popular, so yeah. that's never changed. Like, so it's just about matter of taste, and then they're not, they don't seem to be going anywhere. So whether uh, Marty likes them or not is a little bit irrelevant, to be honest. Yeah, I saw, I saw it, and I was at first I was a little. There was the tiniest bit of me where it was defensive because I was like, "Hey, I like Marvel movies." You know, because <laughs> I, I, I do. I watch them with my kids. You know, I will defend Thor Ragnarok with my dying breath to anyone. I don't care who it is. <laughs> but but at the same time, I'm thinking, well, Jerry, that's why you have a couple of lists of your favorite films for the exact same reason. You may not be using the word cinema, but it's for the same reasons. So, you know, I get it. What else? I just don't. I'm just not going to get worked up by it. It's okay. Yeah. You know, that's cool. He, I will say Scorsese is, you know, he does no more than I do <laughs> about everything in life. Have you ever heard him talk about film? It's absurd. He's a brilliant <laughs> dude, you know. So, so yeah, you know, it's cool, whatever. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to take it personally. That's what I think is really causing the backlash is people taking it personally. They're like, you're saying something yeah. I like is, is, is popcorn. Well, I mean, did you really think it was anything else? Really? <laughs> really like down deep here you know there's some yeah, <laughs> yeah but but i will say like, there are some marvel movies i might be watching 30 years from now jordan i will say there's some yeah, of those well, i defend that by, by talking about the fact that i watched the batman 63 or 60 whatever year it was the old adam west batman film i've watched that yeah. in recent years and it's hilarious it is so yeah. funny so yeah Cesar Romero was yes. a great joke on that one. <laughs> trying to cover up his mustache with the makeup it's crazy it's it's just a funny it's just I mean shark repellent bat shark repellent is a thing in that uh. movie it is so worth your time and, and the thing is they knew they were being funny which is cool it wasn't just camp for camp it was you know no like a self-aware camp which is which is cool that's different for that era you know I'm a big fan of um, Batman and Robin. It gets slaughtered, but I've never met anyone who's ever watched that film and not at the time of their life watching it. It's hilarious. <laughs> like The Room. It's so funny when you watch it. It's like the back credit card. And Those are the accidental that. train wrecks, you know what I mean? Those are the ones yeah. where they are not self-aware at all. <laughs> put Batman and Robin on and, t- and you get back to me if you don't have a great time yeah, you will that's like Troll 2 being almost Halloween yeah. Troll 2 but deserves to be in that conversation I can watch Troll 2 every day that's a masterpiece of crap it is <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it is maybe crapter piece is the word I don't know so <laughs> anyway we should move on 15 minutes worth of Worth of aimless fun wandering, and this has actually become a cool conversation, and we need to move. So, <laughs> oh, so, uh, so anyway, for for Everton things, this is an Everton podcast. If you weren't if you weren't aware, <laughs> it's your first time listening. Yes, this is an Everton podcast. Uh, we're going to start with a match preview, of the Brighton match this weekend. Um, some interesting um, injury based updates have been coming through, which is uh, a thing. So we'll talk about that. Then we'll uh, move on to the middle bit. There was a question asked on uh, Toffee Blue's social media earlier, what we should talk about. And I'm just going to do a rapid fire of like six or seven of them, and we'll have to get through it. And then we'll do a little player profile on Mason Holgate. We were talking a little bit uh, about those, I mentioned those injury updates. And uh, yeah, there's a chance Holgate will be playing this weekend. So let's talk about it. Why not? And then we'll do a starting 11 quiz, Jordan versus Terry. And I sit there and eat popcorn and watch the carnage. Carnage. 
Yes, cage match, folks. Uh, so we'll. That's what I get for. Is it, is it Jerry Lawler who used to go carnage at all the wrestling stuff? Yeah. Anyway, I think he's the one that said that. It was it him or was it the other guy? Jr. Jr. Yeah. I was such like a casual wrestling viewer, but for some reason I still say carnage. Uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. All right. You're in the Carolinas. You're in Ric Flair country. I know. Uh, I know. He's- Charlotte is like uh, the home of Ric Flair, I believe, which is, and they base that character in Eastbound and Down that Will Ferrell played, like on Ric Flair, pretty clearly. They even have him go, woo, sometimes. It's it's pretty great. (laughs) He's got his hair. Oh, it's, oh, life is weird. All right, so match preview. Uh, Our opponents this weekend are Brian, Brighton, Brian, Brian. We're playing Brian, release Brian. No, it's. Our match matches up. Uh, we're up against Brighton this weekend, managed by Graham Potter. Um, it's actually a pretty interesting manager managerial story. Uh, Graham Potter, so you should look him up. It's pretty interesting. The current form is 16th in the table. That may sound a little familiar because they're our neighbors. We are 15th in the table right now. They are 16th at two, three, and four. Their three uh, their three most recent uh, games were honestly. It's a little. Uh, schizophrenic in the way they're handling things. It's bipolar a bit. It's 2-1 loss to Villa, 3-0 win over Spurs, and 2-0 loss to Chelsea. They're all over the place. It seems like they, uh, they're they pretty inconsistent, and we smell what you're cooking. Because we're a lot like that, too. Uh, there's going to be no Aaron Moy this weekend. He's out. I think he had a, a, couple, of, a couple of yellows in the last match, so he's not going to be playing. So, I'll rattle off the possible lineup. Matt Ryan, uh, Montoya at right back, Webster, Dunk at center backs, Byrne on the left, Gross, Pascal Gross, Davy Proper, Stevens, Alzate, and then up front, Connolly and Neil Mappe. So let's start with Jordan because it's been he he's he's been away the longest. Sorry, Terry. It, yours has only been it's just a short he's been three months, you know. So Jordan. What do you think we need to be worried about in terms of this Brighton team? What do we need to be on the lookout for? That's a hard one, isn't it? Because, like you said, they are so inconsistent. I think, I'm sure I heard on the radio that they'd only scored two goals before they demolished Tottenham 3-0. So, it's just, they're one of them teams, Brighton, they're like Bournemouth. and They just they win one week, they lose the next, they draw the next. It's, it's a really hard one. Mm-hmm. Um didn't do too well down there last year. Um, I don't know. I, I think Lewis. I think Dunk is a is a good centre half, but I, we should be beating these. They after after last week's performance, that is something to build on. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't really think these should be too hard to get past, even though our away form isn't great. Um, on paper, we're we're a far better team, aren't we? Um, Absolutely destroyed them at Goodison last year. So I don't know. I think I think they'll sit back. I think it's going to be up to us. Even though they're at home, I think they'll sit back. I think it's going to have to be up to us to break them down. And um, if we go with the front four again, we'll probably have a chance of doing that because there's a, quite a bit of pace in there, mm-hmm. bit of directness. Um, I think I will be playing Davis and Gomez. Take us a bit further up the field. Mm-hmm. Basically, keep the same team, but I, I think we can we can get through, and I think they'll sit back. It's just maybe a, a patient game, 
that we'll have to play against them. So, Jordan, you talked about uh, them probably sitting back against us. Uh, Terry, this is this has been something we haven't dealt with very well. Uh, the, you know, teams that the, these these teams that we play that sit back and kind of play on the counter will kind of dominate, and then they kind of catch us catch us on the counter. Uh, it's never it's been tough for us breaking down these teams that get compact. Uh, however, we're not looking at this. We're probably not looking at the same setup lineup wise, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't think Brighton so far have actually played that sort of compact, um, setback team. They've been pretty, you know, open and going forward since, uh, since Graham Potter came in, not, not to the, like, you know, to the nth degree where they're attacking everyone, you know, you know, gung ho, but they're a little bit more open than they have been. Uh, given the, the the performance, not just the result, the performance against West Ham, I think this is. It, you've, it's dangerous to say things like this, but it should be the ideal game to sort of turn your away form around on, like a team that's not like you know rugged and you know defensive. Like you know, Burnley was the worst possible game we could have had after the City game, whereas this game. You know, we I think we will get a little bit more space to play in. You know, the players if we go with the same eleven or most of the same eleven, the players who played will find themselves having similar type of joy that they had against West Ham. I mean, for example, I'm I'm hoping uh, I've got you know I fancy a Moise Keane to open his account, whether he starts, whether whether he comes off the bench. I just think you know the, we saw in the home game against Brighton last season, what Richarlison did to their centre-backs, you know, the, the pace and the movement really, really, you know, they couldn't really live with it. And I'm hoping Keane gets that um, that similar shine. But, um, yeah, yeah, on paper, we've we, we got to be looking at this, hoping, you know, to come away with a win. But we've, we've not been good on the South Coast in the last few years. I saw a stat on Twitter saying that the last time we won on the South Coast was... And a way match against Southampton, and um, Ronald Koeman was the Southampton manager. Martinez was our manager. We had that green and orange. That's with a khaki kit on. But yeah, that was like five matches ago or whatever it was. That was our last win away at the south on the south coast. We haven't won since then, and it was eight years ago. So we need. I was actually thinking about that today when our last south coast win was, and that game popped into my head. Yeah, that was it. It's. it's we've we've got to not only build on last week's result, we've also got to start turning the away form around, the away form and the stuff, everything. It, a win at the weekend would just it would just send the right message in in, in direction. You, you've got to look at Brighton and no games are easy, but you've got to say that's a winnable game. That's a game. If we play our game and play to the level that we did against West Ham, then we should be coming away with a win. So Terry, you mentioned that Brighton probably won't be sitting back as much because of what the the style that Graham Potter has been kind of infusing into their play. Uh, question though, if you saw the way Everton play against teams that that kind of you know sit back a little bit more, if you saw Everton's lack of success against that, would like personally that's one of the things that I would point to immediately. Like if I was a manager, I'd say, okay, well you see how they can't break anyone down. Let's try to make sure they don't break us down. So, is it one of those things? Do you think he'll kind of keep maintain what he's wanting to do with his team, like you know, like philosophically, or is he like, nah, I want to, I, I want to, I want to adjustment, uh, adjust some things and win the, possibly win the game. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, possibly. I mean, he'd be smart to do that, but a lot of managers are, are quite mm-hmm. stubborn like that. They're not, they're not very pragmatic. That's what like, I mean, yeah. Pragmatic managers, yeah, pragmatic managers are a little bit of a dying art. Everyone's sort of um, di- um, a dying breed, rather. Everyone's sort of like c- committed to their style and their their philosophy, and they sort of hang their hat on it. So I hope he doesn't do that and go to the low block because it's not an excuse because even if they do, we should be, you know, finding ways to get around that because... You can't, you can't just, you know, never win if a team plays defensive against you. But I would hope that he, because I haven't seen him do it yet. I'm not, I can't say I've watched every Brighton game, but whenever I watch Brighton, they haven't played like mm-hmm. that. So ideally, I hope, you know, especially with them being the home team, they come and try and play their own game, which gives us more space to work with, especially with, um, you know, the likes of a Wobie in the ten uh, position, and you know, the, and now you know Bernard back in the team, you, that it could be. A really good thing for us if they do play that way. The same way West Ham played, gave us space to operate in, and we uh, we used it. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, Jordan. Uh, you know, seemingly with our lineup that we brought in our previous match, that particular that group of players, I think, is not going to just move the ball up the wings and cross in. We're actually going to be able to get some penetration near the center. Uh, specifically with the Wobi, like Terry mentioned, um, do you see any issues for us uh, if we're running a similar lineup as last time? Well, when I said I think Brighton might sit back, I, it was more of the fact that we might force them to mm. because if we start with that team again, basically, because there's just going to be too much going for the, Davis and Gomez. Both complement each other, in my opinion. They both get back, but they both go forward. And you looked on Saturday, um, every time Davis got the ball, he was directly forward. So I just think that this is going to make them pin back, basically. But, again, it could hit us on the break, couldn't he? Um, so, yeah, it could be a bit of a... We've just got to watch it at the back, I think. And you know, I've heard Mina's out, so maybe we do need that extra bit of security in midfield. Maybe... Say to Davis, drop back a bit because he's played defensive mid for the under 21s, I think, the mm-hmm. other week and had a great game. But, um, like, like I said before, we, we, we should just be winning this, to be honest. Who are you? Oh, sorry, I mean, go ahead. That, that, is, that is the problem, though, just trying to break them down, isn't it? But, I, like you said, I, I don't think we will go to the wings, which is usually if we go through the middle with a Wobie, Davis, and Goldberg, that. That could be the key to breaking these teams mm-hmm. down. Uh, who who do you think will be starting? Who's your who's your lineup for us? I'm just hoping Silver learns his lesson and keeps the same team. Obviously, it's probably going to be me and a Holgate. Apart from that, I hope he keeps the same team, and that's what okay. I'd do. Personally. All right, Terry. Who's your lineup? The exact same. Yeah, I mean, I I think um, I. Not as down on Mina being out as, as other people seem to be. I, I, he said in the press conference that he's not he's not a it's not a big injury, it's only a small injury, but he's um problem is he's not trained with the team yet. So I think he you know, it's still a day and a half to go before that. I think he might make it, but they'll keep an eye on it and, you know, possibly bring Holgate in. I think if I think if he's in any condition to play, he will play, you know, considering how good he was against West Ham. But yeah, you can't you can't change that. Even the players that you'd um 
you'd be minded to change, like you know Walcott and, and what have you. They were they played really well uh, against West Ham. You, you, it sends a terrible message if they all play like that and one of them gets dropped. So I'd go exactly the same team. So Terry, you mentioned you're not as down on Yerry Mina not playing. Why have you never liked Yerry Mina? <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> people listening are like, "What? Terry used to—he's done nothing but talk great about how he loves you." Yeah, that's that's the joke. Yeah, he'll be a miss if he doesn't make it. But I, I just—I I thought he'd be out until he had Silver's press conference, and um, he did. He see, he was a bit like, mm, "Yes, maybe." You know, um, I don't know. He didn't make me think that he wasn't going to make it. Just that he—you know—he's a small doubt because he hasn't trained with the team, but. Well, I hope he has. I hope he is playing because he's he's the most important centre back of the three we Last have. Last week the was like one of the first times I've seen him like on corners, on our corners, being utilised exactly the way we should be utilising him, which is putting it directly to him every single time. You know what I mean? You got a guy who's like six three, six four, and can jump out of the stadium. He's ridiculous. He can jump like this much higher than everyone else. Just lay it up there and let him go get it. I have no idea why we haven't done that more this season. Uh, love Luca Dean, but for some reason Luca Dean's actually had trouble kind of getting the ball past the first man. Which you know I had flashbacks to to our old corners when you know I remember when Leighton Baines was taking him for a stretch there, and again first man issue always getting you know it was always really low. Like we were trying to find someone to flick it on on the near post. Uh, but yeah, I, I was. I was thinking after watching that, I was like, he's going to start getting some headers now. He's going to start scoring some goals now. And, of course, he's hurt. That sucks. Should have the goal. Don't get me started. Don't get me started because that sucked. Uh, shit. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I'm, uh, I have one question about whether or not uh, – I have part of me that wonders whether Silva will bring in Delph because he's healthy, and I know he likes Delph, uh, instead of Davies. I think Davies did amazing work. I think if it were me, I would start Davies. I just wonder how Marco's going to do it. You know what I mean? Because he's preferred Delph over Davies earlier this season, and it's not like Delph has played poorly when he's been in. Um, but again, that's, just, that's my only question, is whether or not we may see one change. Uh, only because, of, uh, besides Holgate coming in for Mina, probably. You know, again, I don't want it to happen. I I wonder if he's going to do that though. Yeah, it's a good point, really. Um, I think he probably does trust Delph a little bit more, just because of the experience and on the road he's got. Too. But um, I, 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 Terry said it doesn't send a very mm. good message, does it? If he's dropping Davis, and what I heard of Silva this week talking about Davis. I don't think he will. Drop he's loved him, him to for be a honest, while, right? Because he said, "Yeah, but he said he said this week he was brilliant in the game. He, you know, he, he gave everything. I was really impressed with him and stuff. So I can't see mm. him dropping him after saying all that. But I, I also wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if you get me right on <laughs> playing it safe. So, uh, so what's the score going to be, Terry? I'm going to go with um, another two 0 to Everton, it's going to turn around. Terry's just so optimistic always, right? <laughs> Usually, I didn't. Last last prediction was wrong, and that was one of the very few negative ones I've ever done. I predicted we'd lose to West Ham, and uh, 
Nothing of the yeah, sort I think happened. Most people would have if you'd uh, gone with trends. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, Jordan, what do you think is going to go? What do you think is going to go down? I'm going to say we're going to win. I'm going to say hopefully we pick our season up now, and I'm going to go with two one. I think we'll. I think Brighton might score, but I think you know we'll we'll. we'll Get the extra one up and go two one. And I am actually going to be the negative Nigel of the bunch and predict a one one draw. Because they're not, they haven't proved it to me away. Everton hasn't. You know what I mean? I want them to, you know, prove it. I love it. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I reckon that's it for our match preview. Anything else on this, guys? No. All right. No. Well, uh, that's it for the match preview. All right. Welcome to the middle bit. Uh, we're going to be... That's that's uh, almost sounded like I was treating it like it was an antique store or something. Uh, welcome to the middle bits. Uh, basically, uh, Toffee Blues John put a question out there into the social, social media verse... Uh, just saying, hey, what do you, what's a good question that we can talk about? And because I'm an indecisive jerk, I picked a bunch of them. If you submitted one and I did not pick yours, it's only because I read these first and I was in a hurry. It's not because your question isn't worthy. So yeah, please keep submitting them. We love you. So uh, first of all, this one comes from our very own Terry's brother. That's right, he's one of the Brothers McAllister. The other half of the Brothers McAllister, Paul McAllister, who shows up here every once in a while and is uh, his brother to Terry and dear friend to all of us here at Toffee Blues. He's asking, why has there never been a film on Dixie Dean? All right, so Terry, you saw that John had responded saying there was uh, a script that, had been, that was being written and everything, but then nothing happened. And... So, from what we know about Dixie Dean, would this be a pretty good period piece to to make? Uh, I would worry it would be expensive to make because it's a period piece. But yeah, what are we thinking about a Dixie Dean film? Yeah, that was that was pretty much my thought. That it's now so long ago that you'd need a big budget to make the world look appropriate, and I don't think there's the market for it for that much money. Uh, definitely an interesting story. The one that was mooted, I, you know, I don't know whether that. I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I saw the link that John put, but um, I didn't see the. Um, I didn't read it because I just saw it in passing. I don't know whether they're still potentially going to make it, but um, great story. Um, would be difficult to make look the part without a huge budget, which I think would be the problem. You agreeing on that being a film guy? Jordan? Uh, I don't think many people would go for black and white films these days, would they? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see it, obviously. Whether you're going to get the audience for it is another story, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe definitely have to be a British-based audience that you're going for. Um, I can't see it happening, to be honest. <laughs> How many um, football or even sports films do you see now? Like, there's not as many as there the once was. I, I think you'd be more likely to get like an um, if you're going to get anything well, well, like an, a documentary, like an Amazon documentary, not like a ten-part on-running one, but like a 
you know, a 90-minute feature uh, all about, mm. you know, Dixie Dean's life and, and whatnot. And it'd have, like, a couple of reenactments and, like, interviews from, you know, football historians and stuff. That, that, that I think... Has that be... not already happened? How would that not have happened over one of the greatest goal scorers in Premier League history? It may have. It or may... not Premier League history, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it may have. I, I, I'm not aware of it. If it had. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty sure it hasn't because if it had, you know, Evertonian... Me being an Evertonian, I'd be sure I would have heard of it, but I'm not 100 percent sure. But it'd be good. I'd rather see that than a feature film. Personally, I think that'd be more interesting. Do you think it's because? I mean, how much film is there? I don't know. Is there any? I wouldn't. Th- I, that, I wouldn't think. I feel like there's maybe a little, like old, old stuff, and that's it. There's still it. Seen still images, and you know, there's a really good. You have to do it Ken Burns style. Yeah. You know, cutting in using still photos as B-roll. You know what I mean? Kind of. Mm-hmm. That's that. I think is another reason why you haven't seen much of it because there's not a lot to cut away to. You know, that's why Paul's idea of actually doing it and reenacting it. You know what I mean? And actually recording it, uh, I feel like is 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 valid. It would be. It would have a lot of production value. Um, you just have to build it up to some kind of good climax. You mm-hmm. can't just say. Here's a bunch of goals he scored. It's got to have one big climactic moment. So the script, you'd have to figure out what that climactic moment is, uh, the one you want to use anyway. So, yeah. I think I think if Everton gets their top four, you see that film get made. Sorry, that's such a good Jerry question. That like, How would you go about the mechanics of making a, a film uh, about an Everton legend? <laughs> To be honest, Jerry, I agree. If that was going to happen, it'd have to take Everton to get back to the top for the audience and stuff, I think. They'd be, they'd be thinking about worldwide appeal and yeah. the, the market and everything like that. And if Everton starts getting in the world eye a little bit more, yeah, then they're thinking this spending money on this film is worth it. So Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. I'd love to watch that. I want to, Give me good sports movies. Give me a good football movie, please. You know what I mean? I mean, my favorite sports movie is Rocky, and it's not really very close to any others. <laughs> Probably mine, too, to be honest. I think it's Terry's, too. <laughs> uh, clearly not seen Mike Bassett, England manager. <laughs> okay, okay. I've seen clips of it, and it is brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's... That's a brilliant film, Jetty. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, so uh, let's do a couple more of these. I, I'm not even sure. Let's do a, a couple of uh, like uh, really quick fire ones. Everton in Spain asks, uh, Keen or Holgate? Is this a question for both of us? Yeah, just rapid fire. Michael Keane. Quick. Michael Keane, why? Just, I thought he was brilliant last year. and um, He hasn't been the greatest this year, but I think he'll get back to the best soon. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, from what I've seen, I prefer him over Holgate. Definitely, Terry. Uh, Michael Keane, just better defender, mm-hmm. better in the air, better um, on the floor, better with distribution. Probably better at drawing pictures than him and everything. It's just he's just better. <laughs> not, it's not even. I'm not even like raving over Michael Keane. It's just not a question that it, it's it's Michael Keane. For me, uh, it's still Michael Keane, despite the fact that he does have the occasional like mental lapse in terms of focus. Holgate just had more of those last year, and that's why he lost his spot. 
you know, yeah. wasn't as focused, and that's why he's he's not in the, you know he's not considered much of a com- competition for starting now. Um, but if Keane starts slipping up a little bit more, that's the thing. Holgate against like quicker opposition. Holgate does have more pace. Holgate is quicker. He turns quicker. There are things he does better than Keane. But right now, I think in England, you typically, I don't know, you need to have, I, I like a little bit more bulk in my center back. I like a bigger guy, more experience. Yeah. Wow, that sounded really weird the way I was wording that. <laughs> I say weird, no. It's just maybe not representative of my private life. Okay, so, <laughs> so, uh, Noah Whitehead asks, uh, what are our thoughts on Jink Tosin? Should he get a go in the side? Right now, I feel like uh, Richarlison is is our center forward, starting center forward based on the previous match, and I don't see as much reason to start Jink Tosin uh, over really any of the other strikers we have right now. Uh, would you agree, Jordan? I think he's probably fourth choice centre forward at the minute in Marco Silva's eye. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think he should get? It's a hard one, is it? Because he does score all the time for Turkey, but then again, they're not against great teams. Mm-hmm. It's a hard one. I, I probably would have said yeah a few weeks ago, but now we're, we've just got the win and the Charleston mm-hmm. did do all right up front. Not at the minute, no. Probably okay. not. Terry. Um, no, good good player. Um, wrong club, wrong manager. Uh, would be good elsewhere. He's it's not going to happen for him here. He, I'd rather see um, Moise Keane get a go ahead of him. Mm-hmm. If I was going to change anything up from the way we've been playing at the minute, I, I think as um, as George says, he's probably he's fourth choice now, and that's probably not going to change. Okay. Um, all Everton asks. Wow, I wrote this back. Wrote this down. All Evertron. That's yeah. Changing. It's a weird mixture between Voltron and Everton. Put them together. There you go. Uh, next children's book. Evertron. <laughs> He's nice. a robot who um, is very inconsistent in his job. <laughs> it's very, very consistently unex, inex, very consistently inex, inconsistent. Blech. I don't know how I said that. Um, so, Ed, all Everton asks, what needs to be done to improve away atmosphere? Um, I thought our away atmosphere is always pretty good, right? Like, don't we usually travel well? Yeah. I, 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 the atmosphere, I mean, I, I, hands up, I don't go to away matches. Um, so I, I can't take this as, as like, a 100%. But I, as far as I know, the away support's fantastic. One of the best mm-hmm. in the whole league. Like, I don't know how we could improve it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I've, I've always known that our away support's brilliant. You can hear it when you watch the match, even if you don't go to the away game. But the, all the away games have been, the atmosphere's been brilliant. All right, I'm going to make sure I'm reading that properly. Yeah, it is what needs to be done to improve away atmosphere. Yeah, so. Anyway, okay, there's that. Um, Daily Watson asks, do we overhype? Overhyped Tom Davies because he's homegrown. Would he start at somewhere like West Ham? I don't think we do overhype him. I think we underhype him. If you get because he is homegrown, I think he gets a little bit too much stick for me because he's homegrown. 
Um, I just think he needs a run in the team. I've got to be honest. I remember we played last Leicester last year when Sigurdsson scored the world. He, I thought Tom Davis had a great game then, mm. and next minute he was out the team. And I just thought he was getting a little run together, and I thought it was a bit harsh that Silva just left him out for weeks after that. Um, I know Gomez was playing well, but he didn't really warrant getting dropped, and it's probably he's been in out the team since, hasn't he? So I just hope from last week he can kick on and stay in the team now. But I, I don't, I, I think she gets a bit of stick, to be honest. Mm. It's too much stick. Terry? I don't know. I mean, what universe is Tom Davies overhyped? He's, he's, as George said, he's talked down more than he should. I think, I think Everton supporters, because he broke through and we've been, uh, broke through so young, sorry. And he's, the team itself has been in such flux ever since. I think we're a little bit too close to the glass with Tom Davies. We can't see the real big picture. Like, you know, some people think he's better than he is. Some people think he's 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 worse than he is. Some people don't appreciate that he's quite young. Some people think, well, he's had you know he's been in the team a long time, so he's not young now. I I I think he's a good player. Um, I'm glad he's getting a bit of recognition after the last game. And would he and would he? Would he start for West Ham? What with ahead uh, of Mark Noble? I think so. Mark Noble got sent to the wilderness by um, Gilfie Sigurdsson. He may never come back, so we may have to loan them Tom Davies after that. Was that Mark Noble or, or, or uh, Jack Wilshire? Oh, it was Wilshire. My mistake. Well, yeah, he's better than him as well. Wilshire is the big. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, sorry, that's my mistake. Thanks for following me on that because that would have been embarrassing. Well, it is embarrassing, but. Um, yeah, he's better than Wilshire as well. Wilshire's the biggest myth in English football. Uh, he, a lot of the national journalists went in hard on Wilshire. He's this great, you know, English hope when he was young and he never fulfilled it. So now they're all, you know, too stubborn to climb down and still pretend he's good years later when he's clearly not. I think Tom Davies is better than him. I think Tom Davies would start at West Ham's midfield and probably a few other teams' midfield. I just think he's young and Everton. Um, uh, Evertonians are a little bit sick of being inconsistent now and because young players are inconsistent he gets a little bit of undue stick for that I love Tom Davies that's what I'm going to say I love that guy that's all I have to say yeah I think uh, lack of perspective on Tom and, and just you know kidding aside I think everybody has a lack of perspective on Tom you, you mentioned being too close to the glass yep He's not good enough. He's better than we think. Yeah, we just we just we haven't figured it out. And also, he's not playing as much, so we don't. It's hard for us to get a lot of perspective on him, you know. So uh, I think we're still figuring out what we have in the guy. You know, where yeah. what's what's the best way to use him? Um, I just hope he's a run in this team now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's about time we changed it. I mean, Snyder and I. For me, some people have said he's been great. He hasn't for me. I'd leave Tom Davis in that midfield with Gomez now and give him a run. Hmm. I'd start him up at striker. Let's do this. <laughs> yes. I want Tom Davis scoring 30 goals a year. Just because I want to see what the celebrations would be. And if he'd like pull a friggin' skateboard out of the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sit there and like, do an ollie or something. Yeah. <laughs> second, the second grooming year set him back. Um, 
the disastrous screaming years heading back majorly because we were in the Europa League and um, we brought in Davy Classen and Davy Classen, um, you know, sort of bumped him out the team at first and then, you know, with all the all the chaos that ensued later in the season, he got put in the midfield with um, Idrissa Gay and Rooney and he had to do a very specific job and it sent him back, I think, uh, majorly, you know, because he became a little bit insecure in how he played, you know, because the fans were getting on his back and mm-hmm. taking out frustration on him and, um, yeah, he should have just been left in the team and let Classan come in very slowly rather than just dump him out and, and honestly, I don't know if you remember, David Classan was my... Um, First Jerry Mina, he was my. I know. He was my boy. Uh, but it was a it was a mistake. He should have been left in the team for the Premier League games and just played class on in the Europa League. But I think they did it the other way round, and it was just a terrible mistake. Terry still lamenting the Davy Klassen years. Every time I watch Bremen play, I'm like, look, he's their captain. He's their captain. He just got there, and he's their captain. It's crazy, you know. But yeah. They they love it. Yeah, the way football works. Yeah, yeah. You can uh, make a team out of my you know inexplicable favorite Everton players over the years, like Klassen in midfield with you know Dinyar Billy Letanov on the left and um, Yerry Mina at the back and John Heitinger with him. And <laughs> I've got really, always had weird favorites. Uh, well. I'm going to have to cut this short because we've we've talked longer on some of these than I expected. So there's a couple of these we didn't get to, but we will, uh, yeah, maybe we can utilize those next time. So let's move on. Talk a little Mason Holgate. With the news that Yuri Mina may, might, perhaps be sidelined this weekend against Brighton, a familiar face steps forward to fill the the Yerald Mina-sized void, which is ample. It's a big void, folks. Mason Holgate is uh, is probably primed to come in uh, to start this weekend. So, we're going to start with Terry. I've got a few questions about Mason Holgate. Let's just kind of, you know, go down the list here. Um, Terry, do, you, do we feel like Mason Holgate is emotionally, mentally, and physically ready to to start in the Premier League on a uh, on a regular basis, or do you think he's okay to just be a fill in every once in a while? Or how are you feeling about him coming in if he comes in? I mean, ideally, he wouldn't because I feel bad because Mason Holgate hasn't really had uh, you know the chance to develop at Everton because he's been in and out the side sporadically and. And um, you know he's played. You know when he has played, he's played in different positions. Played you know right back, or he's you know he's played centre back for a spell. And um, I don't know. I don't. I'm, I think personally, I've seen enough now of Mason Oldgate to to know that he's probably not good enough. I, I think I think he's probably a, a top half Championship centre back. Personally, I think he's not a bad player. Um, the best games. I've seen him play. He was part of a back three a couple of years ago with um, under Ronald Koeman, and it, he added much needed pace so we could play higher up the pitch. Because at that time he was with um, Jagielka and I think it was Williams or Funes Mori. I can't remember, but he was the the pace aspect of it. But in a two, I've never really been impressed with him. I think his positioning is pretty bad. He's quick off the mark. You know, he's got pace, but he, but he, that is at the minute. 
all he's really got. And at the the end of the Premier League, we want to be playing at. Um, I don't think he's good enough. I think other teams when he's playing, it, why wouldn't you? But I think they target him. I think they go, he's the weakness. Get the ball around him, run at him, and he'll he'll give you know you'll get something out of him. He'll give away a penalty, or if you press him when he's on the ball, he'll give it away. And he's not a kid anymore. He's 23. That doesn't mean he's never going to get better, but I don't think he'll ever get better at Everton. I think we should. Uh, once you know, we can't do it at the minute because we've only got you know three centre backs, senior centre backs. But I think in, next summer we'll probably buy a, if not in the January, buy another senior centre back, Kerr or someone else. And then if we retain Lewis Gibson, he'll be the fourth choice centre back, not Holgate. I think Holgate's probably just. I think if we'd have got to her in the summer, we'd probably let Holgate go as well, personally. Mm. Jordan, how are you feeling? Do you feel like uh, Holgate's emotionally, mentally, physically ready to start with regularity or just be a, an occasional week fill-in? Or how are you feeling about him, his readiness for this weekend? Yeah, I, I, I've liked Holgate in some games of seeing him in. Um, but I, he is in and out the team, and he, he is, he's just a backup, isn't he? I, I think... Um, there was no, it was no, uh, what's called? It was no uh, secret that Silver wanted another centre back in the summer. I, I think Mason knows himself that he could be destined for a, a different club in maybe the summer or even January if we get a new centre half in. Um, I just hope that doesn't make him. His focus off the game on Saturday, if he plays. Um, but on the other hand, he's got a chance to prove himself, hasn't he? Um, it's really hard to say because we haven't seen enough of him um, lately. Bit like, bit like Tom Davis when he played on the weekend, but he come in and took his chance, and just open. Olgay can do that, but the, going on my own opinion, I don't think. He's going to be at Everton in the long term under Marco Silva's plans, to be honest. Can he do a job, Sati? Yeah, I think he can. But if, if we were playing like Man City or someone, I'd be worried. Yeah, any any match where there's more opportunities for him to switch off mentally, uh, concentration uh, at certain times is just... Not, it, that, that's That's been his issue. You know, because he is fast. He's good on the ball. Uh, he's he's tenacious in the tackle. Uh, he's, I mean, he passes certain aspects of the eye test, you know, but it's giving up those silly goals, not tracking somebody back. Um, you know, it just silly stuff like that that you see. And, and it's been a while, to be fair to him. He has had a loan out at uh, West Brom where he played primarily right back for them. Which you know brings up you know another question: Is he a right back? If he does find playing time somewhere else or with us, is it going to be either at right back or at center back? Clearly, Silva prefers him at center back. Otherwise, he would have considered him for more of a run when we needed a right back. You know, uh, so yeah. Uh, and also the other question coming up uh, this weekend: Is he going to slot in at right center, right center back? Uh, and have the more experienced Keane move over to the left uh, because he is more experienced, or is he going to go in at the left? There's a lot of there's a lot of he's he's a big old question mark right now for me. Um, yeah, in, in preseason, Holgate played as the left centre back. Yeah, he was, 
he was alongside Keane. But when they played together previously, even the year before's pre-season, it was the other way. But the most recent, it was um, he was the left-sided centre-back. Because I think Keane is less comfortable at left centre-back than Holgate is. I don't think either of them prefer it, but Holgate's more willing, I would imagine. Then that's probably what we'll see this weekend. Probably. Maybe Lewis Gibson will play. That he'll would be, be a surprise. Bench. He'll be on the bench if um, if Mina's out because we could. I mean, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Because we need a centre back on the bench, and you know he he looked okay in preseason. Lewis Gibson. So. I thought that. Yeah, he will. He's got to be on the bench, hasn't he? If Holgate plays, I mean, well, sister, you know. I think uh, he's he's a player. I think next year we could potentially see. I, I always feel like players like that need a loan away for one year just to kind of see because they're so young. Just to see, just to let them yeah. cut their teeth a little bit more, uh, like with a championship side or a or a smaller premiership side. Just someone. So that's why, like next year, it, it'd be cool if he's on the bench. But I almost feel like he needs a little more development somewhere else um, just to get that. But he is a fantastic prospect. Um, so is do we are we in agreement that Holgate is probably more of a center back than a right back? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've seen glimpses of him at West Brom, and he he done really well at right back. Mm-hmm. But obviously, the manager doesn't think that, does he? Because, like you said, he wouldn't have brought Sadiba in. So, yeah, yeah he's, he probably is a centre half. From what I've seen, he done well at right back. So. I think he is a centre back, but the, in the Premier League, he's done better at right back at times because he doesn't have to be as physically big. Like at right back, mm-hmm. you know, it's in a. Ironically, I think he's a centre back, but if he was to stay in the Premier League, I think a, a team that plays the low block, like a Burnley, he'd be a good right back. You know, because he wouldn't be asked to, you know, attack very much or do, you know, you know, to reinvent the wheel going forward. But he'd be really good, you know, as part of a, a low back for it, right back, because one on one, you know, he can be good. Brad centre back, I do think he's a little bit too lightweight for this division. Um, That's always think, been my opinion, Terry. By the yeah, way, yeah, he's he's small for a centre back, but I think that is his best position, and I think that's the position he would play if he got to choose. Um, but Premier League, he seems to do a better job at right back, or he has done previously, just because he's not exposed as much at full back, because he gets a little bit more support um, from the player in front of him and the player next to him. So, I don't know. It's just not good enough on the ball to be a full time right back. I remember Martinez a long time ago used to talk about how he liked to play young centre backs at outside back because he felt like it's in sort of a, a gateway transition uh, to go from the outside back because it, it almost like it's an easier position to play than center back, um, less complicated. Uh, and that would explain him not being as exposed, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, yeah. yeah. It's good. It's good there because you learn to deal with one-on-one situations without it being a goal if you lose kind of thing. So I, uh, I've seen other clubs do that with young centre backs, put them at right back because, you know, if they they play against wingers one on one, it sort of you know they cut their teeth and then eventually when they move inside, they're much stronger when they're one on one against strikers on the break. Mm-hmm. And you to can be have... fair, 
It's like one of the hardest positions to play on the pitch, isn't it? I mean, mm. you've got to be aware of everything around you, who's behind you, who's in front. I mean, it's, it's not an easy ask, is it? At the outside back, you especially, can use the touch Especially line. when you haven't played for a while. So, sorry, oh, oh, no, you're good. <laughs> it's like we're both trying to be like overly polite. <laughs> no, uh, but you can also, when you're playing that outside back, you you're using the touch line and the in line as, you know, an, an extra defender. You've got you can yeah. pin people up against that, and it makes it easier on you. Center back, you're sort of often out there in the middle, you know. Mm. So, yeah, I, I'm hoping. I, I'm hoping it'd be. I love the idea. I mean, he's got some snide to him, you know. I love that, you know. I feel like he's he's not afraid of challenges. He he seemed like he would be up for big games. There's a lot to love about Mason Holgate. There really, really is. Uh, I my big concern when we were talking about his size and bulk and everything, I always worried he was going to get, you know, bumped off of you know headers on. On kicks like corners uh, in the middle, I just expected him to. But it really that really wasn't as much when where he was getting exposed. It was on those little through balls and decisions he would have to make as to whether or not to go with a man or stay here, or you know he'd be holding someone onside. You know little things like that, which are huge things for center backs. I remember when I went on holiday in um, in the summer, the whole Everton team were in the airport. And I went in to get buy a magazine, and Mason Holgate was standing next to me in the in the queue. And I'm five eleven, and he was this much taller than me. I was just like, these players aren't half big. And then I thought, he's big for a, a player. Like I thought he was I only thought six was, feet tall. Yeah, <laughs> he went and stood next to Andre Gomez, who was like twice his size. So I was like. Yeah, he is quite small for the centre half, isn't he? I know Gomez isn't a centre half, but some of the centre half are probably yeah. Gomez's size. You know. Wow. Yeah. See, I thought he, I thought that Holgate was only like six foot. So that's he's that's interesting, huh? Maybe it just seemed that way to me, but he, he did seem a lot taller than me. Uh, yeah. Uh, starstruck awe adds a few inches. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> right on. Like I saw Bernard. He's enormous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anything else on Mason Holgate, guys? I hope he has a great. I hope he, if he plays, I hope he plays well this weekend. It'd be great for his confidence. It'd be nice to know we can rely on him. You know. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for If You Know Your History, the Everton-based quiz segment that pits Jordan against Terry in a Toffee's Cage match of wit and might. Gentlemen, it's another starting eleven quiz. Uh, so yeah, you can relax. It's not math based in any way. Uh, I'm going to tell you a match of yesteryear and you guys will have to tell me who the starting 11 was and the subs that played. I don't think you'll have to tell me anything else because I don't think it's gone past that in terms of tiebreakers for other information, but we'll see if it does. So, uh, this is my coin I'm using today. It is a tiny little magnetic chess piece. I think that is a bishop. So yes, that is the heads. And that's the, the, the black parts, the tails. So Jordan, you're, it's been, you're the one who's had the longest sabbatical from the Toffee Blues podcast. So if you call it in the air, heads or tails? Oh, it is tails. Oh. <laughs> it's not a good start, Jordan. <laughs> it's, Terry. Last time as well. 
<laughs> Terry, you going first or second, buddy? Uh, second. Okay. Begin intense quiz music, please. Oh, and there it is. It's so intense. We're so filled with intensity. There we go. All right, so picture it. Everton 3, Manchester United 1. The 20th of February, 2010. Okay. Are we good? Are we feeling happy? Mm-hmm. Knowledgeable? All right. So, so, Jordan. Yes. You are going first. Name me some starters or a sub that played. It's Billy and Billy Aletanov. I think he scored. If I'm not mistaken. Um, he is that an answer? Or are you just offering that up into the air, like thinking out loud? <laughs> oh. So, uh, Billy Aletanov started. Okay. Yes, he did. He did start. And you said you think he scored? I think he scored, yeah. Okay. That's good to know. I will. I'll go. I'll go into scoring details later. But this is this is good to know. All right, Terry. I'm gonna go with the nice and easy new um, ambassador for Everton in the USA and go for goalkeeper Tim Howard. Aha. Correct. Jordan, who you got? Arteta. Yes. Well done. Terold, what do you have? The um, the old favourite centre-back I mentioned them earlier on, uh, 2010, so John Heitinger. Yes, He's, he started as well. You guys are off to a really good start. Jordan. Leighton Baines. Yes. Mr. This is Cinema, do you have anything? I'm gonna I'm gonna go outside the box, but no, don't do that. Landon Donovan? Landon Donovan. Yes. Yes. Another My Amer- fellow American <laughs> brother. <Yeah. laughs> uh, Alright, Jordan. Seamus Coleman. He was a sub on the bench, but did not play. Terry, get one more, and you have the win. The man who perpetually plays throughout this era, no matter what, Leon Osmond. And that is the win for Terry. Let's keep going, though, just to get the rest of these. But with Jordan, uh, I'm just saying, there's not a lot in it for you. It's like pride. <laughs> Anybody else, Jordan? Tim Cahill. No, he was not even on the bench. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Terry. If, um, if Coleman was on the bench, then Phil Neville. Yes. Correct. Jordan, give me a name. Give me something. Tell me something good. Uh, I trying to think he was signed that summer. Along with Heitinger and Billy Aletanov. Um, 
I don't imagine he'd be playing it, Billy Alette, no voice, but Pienaar. Pienaar did play. He yeah. started. You're on point. Terry. Another player who perpetually played because we had no other option, uh, Louis Saha. Correct. One more starter and then the two subs. Jagielka. No. Oh. He was not even on the bench. Must have been injured. <laughs> well, if it was Heitinger playing and Jagielka was not playing, then it had to be this time. Correct. And uh, he started. So who are the two subs that came in? Um, uh, can't even think. Trying to think. Maybe a striker would have on the bench. Uh, lost Jerry. I don't know. That's okay. That's all right. Terry, you want to jump in with anything? Yeah, we. we this is a really good era for me because I remember it quite vividly. Um, like just the cup final and just after, um, we didn't have a lot of players. You see, so I'm going to go with Jack Rodwell, young Jack Rodwell. Jack Rodwell came in for Pinar at uh, the 88th minute. And there was another sub who actually scored the second goal who came in for Bilya Letanov. Dan Goslin. That is correct. That is correct. Uh, other players on the bench, uh, Nash, Yobo, uh, mentioned Coleman, Vaughn, and Yakubu. And the goal scorers were Bilya Letanov, the 19th minute. You were right on that. Gosling scored in the 76th minute. And Jack Rodwell scored in the 90th minute. All right. Yeah. So well was linked heavily with Man United around that time as well. And I used to get really upset when a friend of mine who, who supports Man United used to say, oh, we're going to sign Rodwell. So I'm like, no, you can't sign him. He's going to be our next, you know, like, I, I thought he was going to be a star. And uh, mm. yeah, not always. <laughs> put, put him in your team. <laughs> no, he was never a favourite, but I was like, he used to say, um, or we'll swap you Rodwell for Nanny and I'd get I'd like you know I'd always bite and the think back now and go probably would have been alright though because <laughs> yeah. as bad mm-hmm. as Nanny was Rodwell turned out to be worse <laughs> alright so congratulations Terry Jordan you, you got some right and you got some wrong and this is the way it happens sometimes yeah. uh, I, you know it'll be okay Terry actually as he mentioned this is a good good uh, era for him so he tended to remember some of those uh, Terry your golden goose, your reward for for knowing the starters is to be able to pick the tune for us to close out the show. What are you picking? Um, let me see. I'm going to go with a song called Crawl Back In by a band called Dead by Sunrise. And... To tell you about that, Jerry, to make sure we can use it, is that is the other band, the sort of side project band for Chester Bennington, who is the singer of Lincoln Park. A little bit more rocky, a little bit more guitar-y than Lincoln Park. Yeah. Um, there's no like special meaning I picked that song. I just had been listening to it uh, the past week or so. It's a good song. It's it's um, 
as I say, more of a straight up, you know, like rock song. It's not like a metal song or, you know, there's no rap elements or anything like that that Linkin Park would do. It's just a good song. It's a good rock song. Interesting. I feel like this is familiar. It was the this the uh, the band was only a very short stint thing. Like it was just a side project from Linkin Park, mm-hmm. and that was the only real single. So it was on like you know TV spots, and you know that that was the only song that got pushed anywhere. So you may have heard it somewhere, like you know at the beginning of a sports like cast or something, or you know it, none of the other songs really became big singles except that. Gotcha. Okay. Well, as we are serenaded by the soothing sounds of dead by sunrise <laughs> that's uh that's it's pretty fitting for october you know a week away from halloween there you go uh it is time to end the toffee blues podcast uh if you've been listening to our podcast we really appreciate it please uh, subscribe because it's like the easiest thing to do uh and also if you're thinking gosh I really wish I knew what Jordan's new place looked like. Then you should look at the YouTube channel, and you can see that it's a beautiful white wall, and he's got a he's got shelves beside it with various uh, films and books, and uh, yeah, and his uh, his collection of dolls from many lands is on there as well. So, it's <laughs> no, that's that's actually more like Terry's behind him. If I'm honest, he does have a lot of dolls. Just call them the way I see them. So anyway, you can see these things if you were on our YouTube channel. So you should subscribe to that as well. Um, also, you could see my sweater, but you know, you could probably hear it too. Uh, <laughs> from there, I hear your sweater, Jerry. Uh, so if you want more, if you want more Jordan, check out uh, his Twitter. He'll uh, he'll tell you uh, where you can find some of his content. He's got a film blog on Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, his Twitter details are below. Terry's Twitter b- details are below as well, and you can catch some of his rapier-like wit. Uh, that uh, yeah, he's just dishing out to all the to all the the Twitterverse on, on a I guess it's it's a fifteen-minute basis. He averages like four tweets every fifteen minutes. He's just he's a machine. More on match days. Yeah, that's. But uh, but yeah, check him out, uh, Liverpool Echo Fan Jury. You can find his Twitter de- Twitter details below. You can figure out what, what these guys are doing. Um, yeah, and uh, also you should check out the Toffee Blues website. Lots of uh, ever- all things Everton, Everton analysis on there. Um, good things. Some really cool contributors. Uh, people just like just like us and like you. You know, so check that out if you like. Um, and follow the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebooks. That's all I have. No more plugging. Gentlemen, thanks so much. Jordan, it's good to see you, buddy. Yeah, you too. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks and uh, having me on. good luck in the new place, man. I hope it's not haunted. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Because <laughs> every time you move into a new place, yeah, in a, in a scary you know. movie, it's always haunted, right? Every time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... So, Terry, uh, good to see you as well, man. You take care of yourself. You too, guys. Always a pleasure. Take it easy. All right. For uh, for Jordan, for Terry, and myself, for the Toffee Blues, we're going to sign off. Let's get three points this weekend. Everton, let's do it. Much love to everybody. Bye. That was the best throw of the day.